This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Tupperware. Yes! And it's surprisingly fun and fascinating. <laughs> it is super. I mean, like, I knew it was a cultural phenomenon, and I had I had some idea, but I didn't have this much of an idea. Yeah. Oh, no, me either. Was there any reason this one was on your, on your mind? Was there? <laughs> it Una. was so long ago. <laughs> a I whole couldn't. two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nope, my mind is completely blank. Um, so that No worries. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I was maybe I was putting up some food or something. I mm. I do have um especially in these are pandemic times, I've been ordering a lot of delivery and takeout. And so I have a growingly horrifying collection of of takeout containers, reusable takeout containers. Yeah. Um that I've been trying to donate to like like free fridge programs and stuff like that, like people who are packing up meals to 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 donate, but I feel like as much as I do that, there's still just all of this plastic in my household. So maybe maybe I was looking at that and going like an episode is here. <laughs> Yes, you never know it'll spark that that inspiration yeah. for these topics. Um, I certainly, I have a 
Tupperware cabinet, mm-hmm. um, and it is a nightmare. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever purchased any Tupperware in my entire life. <laughs> um, but I just end up with it usually from my mom ah. because every time I visit her, she insists on giving me so much food. I'm like walking out the door and she's like, take this and also this. And they're just <laughs> stacked up in my arms, um, which is great. But I just have a tower of Tupperware. I have like you open the cabinet and it, it's a real risk that's so just gonna fall on you. Sure, and sure. And then next to the door, I have the Tupperware that I'm determined to give back to her because uh-huh. it's like it's got designs on it and it's cute. Yeah, and yeah. I want to make sure she gets it. <laughs> is it is it actual Tupperware brand or some of it is, but a okay. lot of it is Rubbermaid. I was looking oh, last night. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am. Um, I I'm pretty sure that I have like precisely two actual Tupperware containers. Both of them are from the 1980s. <laughs> Neither of them oh, have food wow. in them. Neither of them have food <laughs> in them. Um, uh-huh. Sewing supplies and other craft supplies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I have bought reusable food storage containers for myself um, because they're good <laughs> to have. Sure. <laughs> Sure. But I but I've never bought actual Tupperware, and now I'm like, I I have in in doing in doing reading for episodes like this, I wind up on brand websites like pouring over their catalogs and finding 98 things that I'm like, yeah. oh, I could use that. What a good mm-hmm. colorway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's a good th- We're not sponsored currently nope. by Tupperware. Nope, nope, uh, nope, nope. Just interested. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. They they have, like, s- like specialized, like, cheese keepers ooh, called, called ooh. Cheese Smart oh containers. I know. And I'm like, A, that's a really silly pun. Um, or, like, not <laughs> pun, but, like, play on words. But, but B, mm-hmm. like, I do need to keep my cheese specifically. Yes. Cheese needs to be preserved for as long as possible <laughs> in the best condition as possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Anyway, yes. Um, also, I totally forgot about Tupperware parties um, until we were doing this research. I had heard of them. Um, and I had a friend who did similar. Her mom would invite us to similar things. So I went to oh, like a, a uh-huh. pampered chef Party. Oh yeah, I've been to one of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> all I remember was the food was good. That's literally all I remember. Um, and then I once in high school I sold knives. Oh, at huh. a, a similar kind of thing. I'm not sure how or why. Like I don't recall. Someone called me on the phone, and then my friend started doing it. She convinced me to start oh, doing it, and I'm yeah. like, "Is this an MLM?" I didn't pay anybody anything. But I was not good at selling the knives. These older women were like, who is this young one? (laughs) Who is this child? And why does she have knives in my house? (laughs) So I didn't last very long. I didn't make very much money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I never never got roped into any of that. I mean, other than like for school fundraisers or whatever it was. But I never got roped into anything like that. And I... This is this actually you mentioning that is uh, the pampered chef thing is bringing back the specific memory of this one friend or, or like or like acquaintance, I suppose, who never invited me to anything except her MLM parties. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I'm still sore about it. This was like 15 years ago. <laughs> That's OK. Hold on to those grudges. I don't think there's anything wrong. With that. Perfectly healthy. I'm definitely. I'm sure. 
I'm very, sure. very healthy. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's not great. Um, <laughs> neither is great. It's fine. But it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, before we get into this one, I know we recommend this a lot, but there are a lot of really great historical photos oh, for yeah. Tupperware and the history of Tupperware. So if you're the least bit interested, I recommend looking them up. Yeah. Yet again, I will say, and who knows, maybe this time it'll happen. Um, uh, I'll try to post on social some links to some resources because there are some really great museum collections and, and yeah, yeah, like historical uh, promotional photos and um, mm-hmm. some really be- some genuinely beautiful pieces. And also just I I am a little bit obsessed with the style of mid-century America because it was it was a whole thing. It was absolutely a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but OK. OK. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're hypothetically a food show. We're hypothetically yeah. here to talk about this food adjacent product. So... Yeah. <laughs> so let's get to our question. Mm-hmm. Tupperware. What is it? Well, uh, Tupperware is a brand of mostly plastic-based products designed for home kitchen use. Uh, from reusable food and drink storage to handheld tools like can openers and spiralizers to cookware like microwave steamers and silicone baking trays – to, uh, to servingware, like uh, bowls and utensils. They specialize in minimalist designs and, and bright poppy colors. From an ad from the 1960s, Tupperware is the wonderful family of plastic food containers with the exclusive airtight seal that locks out air, locks in all of food's freshness, flavor, and aroma. It keeps leftovers just cooked fresh for days. <laughs> and that's, that's what Tupperware is. Kind of. It's it's very mid-century vibes. Uh, practical and pretty. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'll give you points for that transatlantic adjacent. Adjacent. straight up, but it was there. I didn't go super far into it, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's Well, you know, you know, in, in the 60s, you were transitioning a little bit away from that. Right. And, uh, anyway. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, these days, Tupperware products are made from a few different kinds of plastics, generally considered to be food safe, including low-density polyethylene, um, that's plastic number four, and polypropylene, which is plastic number five. Uh, These materials are considered dishwasher and microwave safe. Uh, And it is such a well-known brand that the name is sometimes used as a generic term for sealable, reusable food storage plastics, which is why, Annie, I asked you, like, is it actual facts Tupperware brand or, right. Um, And it's, it's just, it's a huge, it's a, it's a huge part of like, of like the collective cultural consciousness of, of Americana from the 20th century. Um, Like it was, Featured in like like the the mom in All in the Family held a Tupperware party one time. Um, it was it showed up in Napoleon Dynamite. Um, it showed up in American Horror Story. There's a Seinfeld episode. I am shocked. I am shocked, Annie, oh. that you missed a reference. Oh, where I feel so ashamed. <laughs> Where where Kramer has started carrying his own Tupperware container to take his leftovers from restaurants home mm-hmm. in. And then he kindly gives his leftovers to this houseless man, and then the and then the guy refuses to give him the Tupperware container back. 
and mm-hmm. Kramer is very mad about it. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. He starts this whole feud. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember. Can't believe this, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. First I first I steal an aphrodisiac Oof. reference from you and then a Seinfeld reference. Oh. Oof. I am falling down <laughs> on the job here. On my very specific niche of the job. <laughs> I am falling down. <laughs> It's okay. I'm, I'm just. I'm just supporting. I'm just supporting you. We're. We're. Okay. It's. It's Thank a you. team. Teamwork. We're working. Yeah. Together. I don't want a reference to be missed. So I'm. Sure. I'm happy <laughs> that you caught me where I fell. So trust <laughs> fall. Trust Seinfeld fall. <laughs> and you were there. <laughs> always. Always. Hmm. Well, what about the nutrition? Don't eat. Don't eat Tupperware. Yeah. Solid advice. Yeah. Uh, if you are concerned about the safety of of plastics, as is fair, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would I would say that out of if if you're being extremely cautious, like like overabundance of caution, as the saying goes these days, um, don't don't microwave food in plastics of any kind. Um, if you're if you're being extremely cautious, microwave food and not plastic uh, glass mm. is glass is non-reactive. That's great. Um, so uh, yeah, but but the the science is really tricky and um, still being investigated. And uh, the the subject of a whole other episode or series of episodes or podcast, perhaps. So more research is needed. More research is needed. The human body is complicated. Yeah. Bef- <laughs> <laughs> Same or slogan. Maybe I'll step in on your territory. Oh, hey. There you go. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See, teamwork. Uh-huh. Um, we do have some numbers for you. Mm-hmm. Tupperware is available in over 100 countries with localized items like plastic bento boxes in Japan or Marsala Keepers in India, which I found really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, after flagging sales for a while, uh, as of the early 2000s, Tupperware parties were making something of a comeback. Uh, and, and internationally as well. Uh, the French were hosting some 520,000 Tupperware parties a year. And uh, denizens of Delhi alone in, in India were holding 3,000 a week. Wow. Now that blew my mind. This is still. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I think it's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Nearly $2.6 billion of Tupperware products are sold a year. And that is not including the sales of vintage pieces to collectors. Apparently, single pieces of vintage Tupperware can go for up to about $20, full lines for up to about $75, uh, depending on the condition, the colorway, all that kind of stuff. Um, The most sought-after color of vintage Tupperware is pink um, because it faded so easily, so good condition pink pieces are rare. Um, And the most sought-after set is the salt and pepper shakers, which can go for $200. Wow. And you can see our, we did a whole thing on our salt and pepper oh, shaker episode. Right. On that. Yeah. 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 People collecting those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> according to PBS American Experience, quote, every 2.5 seconds, a Tupperware party is held somewhere in the world. And there are some 2.9 million Tupperware brands Salesforce members running those parties. Oof. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
90% of U.S. homes owned at least one piece of Tupperware by the 1990s. And there is a museum of Tupperware at the company headquarters in Kissimmee, which is near Orlando, Florida. Um, It includes a statue of a seal. Okay. (laughs) Because of Tupperware sealing. Yeah, you seal the Tupperware. So Tuppy the Tupperware seal. Okay. Is this is this is its name? The, mm. the the statue is actually of a sea lion, but but you know who's who's counting? Um, <laughs> this this museum is called the Tupperware Confidence Center. Oh, that sounds like a retreat you go to <laughs> learn about synergy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, supposedly, if you ask, um, you might be able to see a Tupperware casket that was produced as a joke one-off for a retiring executive in the 1980s, supposedly. This might be an urban myth. I'm not totally sure. Oh, listeners, if you've been, oh my gosh, you've got to let us know. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. I couldn't personally find photographic evidence of this casket, so... (laughs) But I've been, I don't know, I read a lot about it. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. uh... But yeah, other other um, collections of Tupperware and company ephemera and pieces of machinery are kept in museums around the world. Yes. And as you said, Lauren, this was a really big piece of kind of Americana, and especially from this time. And so there are several books written about it. Mm-hmm. It's at least one documentary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it was it was more it was it was better documented than I had any idea. Like, I, again, like, I knew it was a big thing. I didn't know it was this big. Oh, yes. And we have a lot of history about just how it got to be this big. We do. And we're going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, 
I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. back thank you sponsor yes thank you so humans have a long history of getting creative with containers sure and it has been a problem throughout history that i think we've addressed in several several episodes like things from pie or just baking in general yeah Um, so it it has been a thing (laughs) sure sure how do you how do you hold and carry around and preserve food is is a big part of food exactly so Let's get specifically to Tupperware. Mm -hmm. Earl Silas Tupper was born in New Hampshire in 1907 to Lulu and Ernest. Lulu took in laundry and borders. Ernest was a farmer. Um, Earl's family moved to central Massachusetts a year later where he grew up inventing and experimenting with things, including a fish-powered boat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very funny in the context of recent news about a fish-powered vehicle (laughs) that has made a lot of headlines. (laughs) Sure. Yes. Yes, Ahead of his time in many ways. Yes, indeed. He invented hundreds of things. Again, if you are the slightest bit interested, you can find a list of some of the stuff he invented. And it is quite funny and just wide-ranging and really fascinating. So I recommend it. Um, from a young age, he was really driven. At the age of 10, he went door-to-door selling the family's produce. He came from a poor family, but he dreamed of being rich. In 1924, he wrote in his school essay, What a time we would have if we had plenty of money. Uh, he struggled to graduate high school, but he did in 1925. After that, he took a few odd jobs and became convinced that advertising was what the future held. That was where the money was. Yeah, yeah. hmm He tried to convince his parents, who had a greenhouse that sold geraniums, to build a free child's playground on their premises, um, but they did not get on board. However, several people pointed out, again, this might be an instance where he was ahead of his time. Right, like like that that marketing angle of like, of like if you could convince people to come hang out here, then... Right. Sure. Exactly. To make money, he founded a landscaping business, and in 1931, he married May Whitcomb, and they went on to have five children together. Putting that aside for a second, okay, World War II <laughs> sparked innovation in a lot of areas. That's something else we've discussed oh, yeah. a lot, <laughs> including in the plastics industry. And much of that plastics industry was located in central Massachusetts in these early days, an area that pivoted to plastics in the 19th century 
once the war came to an end, manufacturers scrambled to find out how, how they could leverage these products and technologies that they came up with during the war to suit non-wartime needs. Mm-hmm. And Tupper was a part of that. Tupper's landscaping business filed for bankruptcy in 1936, and he got a job at a local plastics factory. A subsidiary of DuPont, yeah. Yes, and he worked there for a year before he founded his own company in 1938 called Tupper Plastics. And with World War II looming at that time, um, during the brand's early years, they mostly subcontracted with DuPont to to make parts for, yeah, these wartime goods like uh, gas masks and Jeeps. Yes. And in 1945, Tuffer got his hands on some polyethylene manufactured by DuPont during wartime, along with some molding machines. And this polyethylene was what's called in the industry slag. Um, it's, it's a waste byproduct of the refinement of crude oil into plastics. And it's opaque black and oily and smelly, but um, it's also really durable and, uh, and, and, and flexible. And so he set out to create odorless, transparent, and colorful plastics from it that could be suitable for consumer use, Uh, right, maintaining that flexibility and durability. And he loved this stuff. He called it poly-tea, the material of the future. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Um, After about a year's worth of experimenting, um, he created the Wonder Bowl with the burping seal in 1946. And he got inspiration for the seal from paint cans. Um, Airtight, watertight, double sealed, easily unsealed with a simple press. He went on to receive a patent for this design in 1947, and he got two design awards for it. He opened a showroom in New York and began selling his products in department stores. It was advertised for both the refrigerator, um, and this was when more people were getting refrigerators in their homes, mm-hmm. um, and for outdoor entertaining. And uh, a magazine at the time called it, quote, fine art for 39 cents. Yeah, um, it was kind of a big deal in the design world when this came out. Like MoMA, the, the Museum of Modern Art, uh, put a few pieces from that original line in an exhibit around that time. Um, it was it was a part of the modernism movement, um, kind of sleek and, and restrained. Mm-hmm. And other brands got excited about this innovation, too, and ordered custom promotional pieces for giveaways, um, stuff like soda savers and toothbrush holders, and some 300,000 Camel brand cigarette cases. Woof. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And Tupper was a perfectionist, and he had really strict standards both for products and employees. The story goes that while most factories paint corners black to hide dirt and debris, he painted his bright white. And now it's time for an Annie aside about marching band because I don't think I've had one for a long time. Um, (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. So in marching band, I went to a school where our uniforms were white jackets and then the pants were purple, but alongside the pants was a white stripe. Oh. And we had white shoes. Oh my goodness. This is seen as kind of a either death knell (laughs) <laughs> or you are so good, you can you can just keep rock. it clean, yeah. Because the both the the white shoes and the stripe, it's easier to tell when someone is even the slightest amount of out of step. Oh, oh, not even not even a a, a getting dirty oh. on a on a heckin' football field issue, but mm-hmm. just it's the both. just the just visually, okay. 
Yeah. So you can see that stripe especially will kill wow. you. Slightly out of step. And so, like, I think when <laughs> I was a sophomore, we got a new band teacher. He came in, looked at our univer- uniforms, and was like, no. <laughs> he replaced it with all black. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a thing. Wow. <laughs> it's just huh. it's harder to tell when someone messes up with black. <laughs> Goodness. Anyway, I feel like we should have a sound effect for Annie's marching band or something. Yes. More sound effects all the time. Yes. Yes. Um, But back to Tupperware. Okay. Yes. Tupper was very hands-on in designing every product himself, too. And often he would ask his mother and aunts to test out new items. However, despite all of this, Sales weren't great. You know, you got these awards, you're in MoMA, you've got women giving you advice. Uh huh. But still, um, not working out. People were just more used to glass and ceramics and they didn't, they were unsure and I think kind of intimidated <laughs> about how to work it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's intuitive for us today because we're used to plastics. We're used to flexible products that that you can move with your hands and, and 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 manipulate in that way. But at the time, that was that was a new thing. Yes. However, there were some markets that were outliers and Tupper investigated and found that the sales in question were mostly thanks to the efforts of a woman named Brownie Wise. And what a fascinating story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Wise was a divorced single mother in her 30s from rural Georgia with no formal business training who worked several jobs in order to make ends meet, um, including as a saleswoman for Stanley Home Products, which is one of the first companies to add home parties to their direct selling toolkit. By all accounts, she was determined, smart, and funny, um, personable, a great recruiter, and knew what they needed to do to sell this product. Mm -hmm. In the 1940s, she started her own business dedicated to selling Tupperware called Patio Parties, and she recruited several women to sell this product for her, and they were parties. (laughs) The hostess was supported by an official Tupperware salesperson who was the guest of honor and could show off to attendees how these products worked and would sell them to anybody who was interested In return, the hostesses were gifted with Tupperware products. These events were very successful for selling Wonder Bowls. One woman in 1949 was selling 56 of them per week. Yeah. Um, That same year, Tupper published a mail-order catalog featuring 22 standard Tupperware products available in a wide range of colors. So he was really trying to figure out, like, I know I've got a good product. (laughs) Right. But how do I, how do I get it to the people? Exactly. Well, Wise, Wise called the company to complain about a late shipment of product in 1951 and demanded to speak to Earl Tupper, who was a secretive (laughs) man, wasn't really good with people. But she did. She got him on the phone and she suggested that he take the Wonder Bowl off the market and sell it exclusively at home parties instead. Tupper didn't agree right away. 
But he was interested in hearing more, so he invited her to his office, and she must have made an impression because he hired her (laughs) immediately and split the company into manufacturing, run by him in New England, and Tupperware home parties run by her at her home in Florida. Through this, she became the face of the company and also became known as the, quote, first lady of Tupperware. (laughs) When a woman in this position of power was a rarity. Yeah. Yeah. As a single mother and a housewife herself, she knew the value of Tupperware to women who had limited time, money, and other resources, and how Tupperware fit in with this responsibility of being a woman and taking care of folks and also accomplishing or trying to accomplish or even, I would say, like giving off the air that you're accomplishing Mm -hmm. the elusive American dream. And she was really dramatic at these parties. So were a lot of these Tupperware um, Mm -hmm. hostesses doing things like throwing a sealed bowl of water to demonstrate effectiveness. And not like at a wall, but like tossing it around the room. Like, yeah. Kind of like a water balloon toss or something. Uh Mm -hmm. At the time, women may, may have covered leftovers with things like shower caps. Which I was like, whoa. (laughs) So there was a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Wise assembled a sales force of so-called Tupperware ladies who helped drive this paltry-selling product to a global brand name. The company trained these women to develop their skills, and while the stereotype of a Tupperware lady um, is a white, middle-class, suburban housewife, very wasp, Mm-hmm. In fact, many of them were first or second generation immigrants living in urban areas. And many of them were married and had entered the workforce during World War II and were looking to maintain some sort of independence after being forced out when men came back from overseas. Tupperware ladies could set their own schedule and make pretty good money. Thousands of women signed up, leading parties full of gossip and games and recipe exchanges, sprinkled throughout with product demonstrations. And yeah, Wise really pioneered this whole concept of the home party to sell things. Some people in some articles I read called it the first social network. It was women talking to other women. I mean, it was very capitalistic, but it was also, yeah, kind of an airing of all of these worries and concerns that these women had. And here's a quote that I loved from an Eye on Design article. Games like Waste Measurement, Game of Gossip, and Chatter focused on stereotypically feminine concerns, while Elastic Relay and Partner Balloon Burst required close contact. A game called Hubby asked women to write and then read aloud an imaginary newspaper advertisement selling their husband. One example (laughs) cited... One example cited in Clark's book reads, One husband for sale. Balding, often cranky, stomach requiring considerable attention. (laughs) Mm. In 1950s suburban America, there were few other excuses for all female gatherings of this kind, especially ones in which women played games and talked about how terrible their partners were. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, yeah. Well, and, and, and this product, this Tupperware, was being sold as sort of the ultimate in in modern housewares. Um, This advertising booklet from 1957 called Tupperware, the answer to the housewife's demand for efficiency, economy, the woman's demand for beauty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It also explained the sales plan. um, And the headline on the opening page to that was, 
Honestly, now, haven't you always wanted a career of your very own? <laughs> wow. It really, it really was a fascinating phenomenon and, um, and a part of the ecosystem of, uh, of the rapidly developing suburbia. Um, it, you know, like, like a new type of job that middle-class women were socially allowed to hold because it was still in homes um, and still engaging with mostly other women. Um, you know, it's like, and like, yeah, like it was like an exciting, expansive capitalism, um, which is cynical, but also true. But, 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 but it really was part of that like first wave of feminism. Um, it's also fascinating in that plastics, like the plastics involved in this phenomenon are a product of the oil industry, which of course, is deeply tied into the car culture and suburban culture and conspicuous consumption movements of the post-war era. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is very, very interesting. And there's a lot. Uh, if we were a different podcast, we could talk about, you know, what this sort of led to in terms of how this is still going on and um, mm -hmm. these sort of parties and how they evolved and transformed um, and what it took to be a very successful Tupperware sales woman. I mean, most of them were women, some were men. Um, yeah, and there were some there were some husband and wife teams. Um, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of the time, because at the time um, it was hard for women to have financial independence. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of the time the the actual selling would be done by the lady of the household, but the husband would be in charge of um, of all the financials for that segment of the business. So so it was a lot of husband and wife teams, but yes, yes. But okay, that is for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, according to writer, producer, and director of the award-winning documentary Tupperware, Larry Khan Levitt. Wise really showered praise and awards on the Tupperware ladies, celebrating them when not too many others in their lives did. It kind of reminded me of Betty Crocker when we were talking about yeah. that. Yeah. Um, they had an annual Tupperware home party jubilee, which were these extravagant parties that were themed. Um, one of them did result in a 21-boat injury. There was a, a weather thing. Um, yeah, and there was a lawsuit that followed, but overall, <laughs> these parties seemed to be a hit. Yeah, they were these big Salesforce conventions once a year in um, uh, around Orlando, and uh, sales incentives at these at these conventions included things like jewelry and fur coats. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Wise released a weekly newsletter. Um, she espoused the benefits of positive thinking and was known for saying, you build the people and they'll build the business. She also carried around a chunk of what she called Polly, or named Polly, mm -hmm. <laughs> which she claimed was the original polyethylene slag used to make the first Tupperware. <laughs> um, she encouraged people to rub Polly to grant them success along with their own hard work. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And through all of this, she earned quite the following. She appeared on TV, um, in newspapers. She became the first woman to appear on the cover of Business Week. And sales were through the roof, approaching $25 million in 1954, when there were 20,000 people making up the network of dealers, distributors, and managers. 
Many of them who they didn't work for Tupperware directly. It was sort of this. Yeah, yeah. This was part of this like, yeah, like MLM kind of thing where, right, you would move up through um, through this unofficial network of Tupperware home dealership um, from a salesperson to a distributor to a manager. Right, right. And it kind of backfired for Wise, ultimately, because Tupper didn't like that she was getting all of this attention. Uh, he didn't like that she was getting credit for the company's success. The lawsuit didn't help. Um, <laughs> he also believed that the company would be easier to sell if there was no outspoken woman in leadership. Ah, yeah. So in January 1958, he and his all-male board fired her. Uh, that same year, he sold Tupperware for $16 million to the Rexel Drug Company. Allegedly, he had heard from the IRS that his children would be heavily taxed if he died as the sole heir of the company. Um, also that year, he divorced his wife and moved to Costa Rica, reportedly giving up his U.S. citizenship in order to avoid taxes. So big year. Cool. Um, yep. Meanwhile, Wise didn't get a penny from the sale. She sued the company, but was only awarded a year's salary as a one-time payout. She tried to start her own business selling cosmetic at house parties, but it didn't really take off. And Tupper continued to invent, but he really didn't achieve much success. At the age of 71, he wrote, I'm ready to really go to work so we older people don't look so lazy and stupid to our children and grandchildren or to space visitors who will certainly be landing here one day and putting the torch to 75% of us, <laughs> considering us to be worthless and damn poor breeding stock for the future. So I think that quote gives you a good wow. idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. It is. It's, yeah. All right. That's sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll move on from there. Um, he died in 1983, around the same time the patents on a few of his classic Tupperware products ran out. Um, and Wise died in 1992. Uh, Wise did publish an autobiography back in 1957 called Best Wishes, Brownie Wise. Um, it was reprinted in the 1990s. And in 2014, Sony Pictures acquired rights to um, to this this nonfiction book called Tupperware Unsealed, and they were planning to make a, a biopic adaptation of it about Wise, starring uh, Sandra Bullock. Um, but I think that that's in development hell. I don't think it's going anywhere, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> right. I want that so much. Me too. <laughs> Oh, like Jennifer Lawrence was attached to at some point. Anyway, wow. anyway. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, um, stepping back to uh, the point at which uh, Wise and Tupper, both under different circumstances, left the company, um, the success of the Tupperware brand did continue pretty solidly for another couple decades. Um, <laughs> one more one more quote from an ad, uh, because I, I love these things. Um, this one's from the 1960s, and it read, She's earning good money and having fun, too. So could you. Being a Tupperware dealer is a happy business, and one you can conduct either in your spare time or full time. Best of all, it can fill your hours with fun and fellowship, as well as with profit. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can feel the sparkle on the teeth in that yes, one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, they expanded with products that could withstand 
uh, newfangled microwave cooking or conventional oven cooking temperatures um, in the mid-1980s. And yes, that included a specialized quiche pan. (gasps) See our quiche episode. Quiche throwback, (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, then in the the mid to late 80s, those original patents ran out um, and women were entering other segments of the workforce. Um, In 1988, to attempt to address uh, lagging sales. Um, Tupperware started offering purchases through catalogs for the first time since 1951. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I guess I I assumed you could just buy it. No, no. <laughs> for, for 30 years, you couldn't. You couldn't buy them wow. outside of Tupperware parties. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in 1993, the company launched a line of products with Braille on the bottom of the containers to indicate volume. In the early 2000s, they started experimenting with um, other plastics designed for uh, more intensive cooking and freezing um, up to 250 Celsius. That's about 480 Fahrenheit, as low as 25 Celsius or 13 Fahrenheit. I'm sorry, negative 25 Celsius or negative 13 Fahrenheit. In 2005, they designed a custom container for stem cell research. Um, for an experiment being done by the European Space Agency. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Um, In 2010, the brand went BPA-free. And note here, I will say, um, it's recommended partially because of this, but also because of other stuff. Um, If you have older and especially vintage pieces, do a little bit of research into what they're made of to see whether they're still safe to use for food, error on the side of caution. Um, Avoid, for example, um, uh, polycarbonate plastics. That's plastic number seven. Um, Lots of pieces made in the 20th century were still being made with potentially harmful components and or contaminants like BPA and lead and arsenic. So yeesh. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, don't. Yeah. If you've got those vintage pieces, display only or <laughs> or if you're using them for sewing materials like yeah. maybe don't let your children play with them i don't know exercise caution mhm in 2016 tupperware donated $200,000 to an orlando park to rename it brownie wise park and they added her to the company's official history well that's good that's belated but but good yeah. um <laughs> uh and they had, yeah, th- this is, um, this is right. This is around the area that they, that, that, that Wise's side of the company had been working in for all of those decades. Um, they, they bought the land, um, specifically that this park is on in 2014. Um, it's called the Tupperware Island Conservation Area. Um, and yeah, it's, it's south of Orlando in Osceola County, um, along one of the lakes there. Um, and Wise once lived in a mansion along that same lake uh, on land that was owned by the company, but she had to leave when she was fired. Um, apparently, she painted the entire main bedroom bright pink. <laughs> I can see that. I can I see that. love it. <laughs> <sighs> um, and then in, in 2017, another, another uh, science research note, um, the brand began looking into some other areas of development and teamed up with NASA to work on this um, space gardening device called um, that, that that basically is meant to p- 
put um, uh, to to distribute water through a root system um, in microgravity environments without having the astronauts have to do a lot of work. Um, it's called PONS, which stands for the Passive Orbital Nutrient Delivery System. <laughs> Love it. Yes. And a news release about its patent going through in 2020 mentioned that the brand is looking to apply this technology and research to home gardening products in the future. So maybe maybe they're going to do a pivot. I don't know. Wow. Two space mansions in this episode. It was from the same article from fizz.org. Um, mm. but, but yeah, yeah, I... I, it's uh, it's so so fascinating to me when um, when brands are able and willing to to work with uh, other areas of research like this. Yeah, yeah, especially given the history on this one and kind of yeah where it started. Yeah, fascinating journey. Really, really <laughs> interesting. Hmm. Um. Definitely a fun one. As we said. There's plenty of information and plenty of very, very cool pictures out there. Yeah. You want to look them up. Definitely. We recommend it. Yeah. But I guess that's what we have to say about Tupperware for now. It is. We do have some listener mail for you, and we will get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy piña colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. <laughs> I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with the snow. snow. Oh, uh, that okay. One note that I forgot. One more. One more note about Tupperware. Um, uh-huh. There's that heckin' Goosebumps book uh, about people sealing themselves in Tupperware to main to 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 so that they don't age. Oh my goodness! I don't remember that. One. <laughs> yeah, I think it was also an episode of the sh- of the TV show at some point. But wow. Anyway. Yeah. How big was the Tupperware? Is it like this coffin thing you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was person-sized. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I have to look that up. Okay. <laughs> I was not expecting that turd. I really appreciated it. Anytime. Uh, thank, you, thank you. You know I love a good random horror segue. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but that's not what this listener mail is about. <laughs> no. Um, before we uh, get into reading these messages, though, just a quick shout out to John and Rose for sending us just so much cool stuff. Um, yeah. So, so many Kit Kat flavors. Just oh. we're wealth of A Kit wash. Kat flavors. We're rolling <laughs> in Kit Kats. I love it. Um, and also, Jan, I can't remember if I shouted you out in a past one or not, or if we did, but uh, also sent us something. So thank you, Jan. We really appreciate it. It's definitely not... Uh, if you're listening to this, there's no requirement at all. No. No. <laughs> no obligation. Um, yeah. But it's very sweet. We do appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, Carolyn wrote, I wanted to share a recent concoction that loosely counts as a hot toddy. It embraces my recent desire to keep as much of my purchasing local if possible. There's a cute shop by my partner's house in Woodstock called Tea House. They bottle the most delightful creation, Immune Shine Ginger Elixir. <laughs> it's amazingly tasty and made of ginger and honey cooked down to a syrup with other flavor additions like elderberry and cinnamon. So when I impulse bought an apple-flavored moonshine at a farmer's market, well, this unnamed hot toddy was born. Using an electric kettle, heat up water, don't need to boil, splash one to two ounces of Ceylon cinnamon-flavored ginger elixir into a glass mug, much like what an Irish coffee comes in, followed by one to two ounces of Springbrook apple moonshine. Fill almost to the top with hot water, then squeeze in lemon if desired. Add a black tea bag for more depth or leave as is. Top with an apple slice on the side of glass and add a cinnamon stick to stir. Not sure if they are comparable products made by other companies, but just wanted to share it in case it inspires you to try something similar. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds so good. It sounds like a warm fall hug in a glass. Yeah, a little bit of spice in there. Got all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I know everyone in northern, in the United States, in more northern United States will laugh, but it's chilly here in Atlanta right yeah. now. For and Atlanta. they're like, we might be getting snow this weekend. I know. So this sounds like something I, I really want to prepare for in case 
there is a snow and I'm, you know, I'm not yeah. even going anywhere right now, but well, Atlanta sure. closes down for three days or something. <laughs> sure. Oh, okay. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Note for the future, back to the present. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, who? Anyway, uh, Kelly wrote, Happy New Year. I hope your 2022 is off to a good start. I was catching up on recent episodes over the holidays, and the one about Betty Crocker reminded me of something I think you might get a kick out of. Are you familiar with the Gallery of Regrettable Food? For a number of years now, um, James Lillix has run a website, the Institute of Official Cheer, where he analyzes and makes fun of the design aesthetics of mid-century advertising and marketing. One of the funniest subspecialties is the Gallery of Regrettable Food, where he mocks both the atrocious recipes and the equally execrable styling and photography found in mid-century cookbooks, promotional pamphlets, magazine articles, etc. He also published two books that are well worth checking out. Also worth it, Interior Desecrations, which lampoons the style trends of the 60s and 70s. I remembered this because some of the pics and recipes in the gallery are straight out of the Betty Crocker cookbook. Be forewarned, the snark is merciless and side-splittingly funny, although a bit uneven. Uh, Some are a lot better than others. It's very easy to burn hours on this, so just know this beforehand. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fitting for the episode we just did, too. Right? Yeah. Oh, oh, a lot, a lot of that. Yeah. Some of the promotional materials for these Tupperware parties and and Tupperware uses are just very something. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I can definitely see... Spending a lot of time on this website. I, I was browsing through and I was very entertained by a Velveeta one that I found. Um, <laughs> I think I think other listeners have written into us about this, but I had forgotten. So very much appreciate you. Oh, yeah, yeah. The reminder. Um, very funny and very much right up our style. Yes. <laughs> right yeah, up yeah, our yeah. style. Right up our alley. Yeah. Right up our style alley. Right up our style alley. <laughs> As they say. Yes. As everyone says. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the Gallery of Regrettable Food. It's great. It's great. Look it up. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you very much to both of these listeners. Um, if you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at SaverPod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. 
When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.